0: Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. I'm Lee Gerstman, and I was banned from this podcast, and I'm not too happy about it. So, fuck these guys. Go to hell. So, here they are. Dr. Fuck and Wadzilla. Enjoy. I know I will, even if they did ban me. Fucking assholes.
1: Hey, man, it's me, and you know who else is here? You.
0: Oh, yeah! I uh, told alcoholic and waddling. what's yeah. up, Ralph?
1: Oh, no, no, I'm just here. What's up, you?
0: Not much, man. Had a, had a good day. Had a great day in the... I just got out of the gym and worked my ass off, and now I'm ruining it all with Rolling Rock. Yeah, way to keep everything equal.
1: Yeah, that's kind of retarded there, dude.
0: Yeah, but, you know... Got to do the show. Don't you know, it's it.
1: not, you know, you, you work out, and then you drink beer. It's like working out and then going to McDonald's. Uh, yeah, but
0: but this is even better, because it's, it's beer.
1: But if you think about it, maybe, you know, you gain, but you don't gain as much if you didn't work out, right? Right, but,
0: and, and when I drink, I don't eat, so
2: yeah, all out. Yeah,
1: you piss that shit out, and you sweat it out, and, uh, yeah, that, yeah. I don't know how that works. I don't, I don't know how... Calories. I think beer just goes to the gut and makes you look pregnant.
0: Yes, yes. I'm, I'm definitely pregnant.
1: Hmm. All right, cool. Uh, it's not mine. Oh, shit. No, can't be. I always give you a facial. That's you? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> anyway, what's up, dude? Anything news? Uh, yeah, we got some news. Holy shit. That not that I
0: give a shit about this, but it's kind of funny. <laughs> Quiet Riot will release Hollywood Cowboys in November.
1: I have a feeling this will, this will finally be a great album. Really? No, I'm just kidding.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, this uh, is this one with... Uh, what's the guy's name? James Durbin. Uh, one of those American Idol guys. Is
1: any on our, our page? <laughs> oh, no, I'm thinking of Ron.
0: <laughs> Rockin' Ron running.
1: No, Ron okay. D- Dimer.
0: Oh, 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 oh. Ryan, Ron Dirtmans? Yeah. I don't think he's a Quiet Riot. But he will be soon.
1: What's the guy's last name? Durbin. Durbin, okay. Yeah. Yes. You can see how I made that mistake. No, but we'll continue. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's because he's uh, drunk. Okay, bye. Uh,
0: yeah, wow. Yeah, I expect this to be like... Worse than QR3. Uh, <laughs> why are they making a studio album? I mean, fuck. In a way, it's cool, but, you know, it's going to suck.
1: Yeah, Frankie uh, needs to eat, man. Yeah. You know, yeah, if you yeah. don't support it, I like don't support it. I mean, I know I'm not. But, yeah, I mean? You know, I, I'd go see... Qu- I saw Quiet Riot, uh, but not with that guy. I saw him with uh, Jizzy Pearl the last time. Uh, Jesse Pearl's
0: uh, he's a pretty good singer you yeah, know?
1: yeah. I, I, and I don't know really jack shit about uh, Love Hate and uh, they opened that Hologram Dio show and they were fucking fun I found it very entertaining so I was kind of like wow this ain't bad
0: I don't know Dick either than, you know Blackout in the Red Room but I love that fucking song
1: and when I saw him with Rat it was really good
0: yeah, so anyway. I, I I heard some bootlegs that were pretty good. Yeah, the right? guy's
1: the guy's good. He's a good front man, good showman. He's got good stage presence, good voice, right on. And and Quiet Riot got rid of him, and they got this yeah. American Idol sap.
0: Uh, well, I, I don't think they got rid of him. I think he left. Well, either I way, I, I think he quit Quiet
1: Riot. Well, uh, maybe he stopped smoking weed one day and figured that out. <laughs> Maybe he didn't do drugs Or st- or just quit di- drinking one day And he's like hey he sobered up and said What the fuck I'm in Quiet Riot
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: The fuck told me that Where? To- get my manager on the phone
0: But uh Yeah I mean I'm not expecting that much Who knows maybe they'll surprise me with a good song But man this whole uh This whole charade of You know getting American Idol people to front Bands, you know, like Adam Lambert and Queen, and you know this guy and fucking Quiet Riot. How come nobody takes anybody from the Gong Show?
1: You know, <laughs> yeah, the unknown comic will be better than Quiet Riot. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Why don't we replace, you know, uh, uh, Ronnie Van Zant with fucking uh, Gene Gene, the Dancing Machine? Yeah, there you <laughs> go. <laughs> you know, that... I'd go, I'd go see that.
1: Something tells know? me Gene Gene died a long time ago.
0: Uh, a couple he, years ago.
1: Yeah, he wasn't a no. healthy looking fellow. Oh, he lasted <laughs> he lasted that long, huh?
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Too bad Chuck Barris is gone. He would have been the best.
0: Oh, yeah. That'd be great. Get him to come out and do that dance. Dance and
1: bang your head and then dance around. <laughs> that'd
0: be awesome. And then PJ Morgan whip out her titties. It'd be great.
1: The unknown comic will come out. He can wear the fucking Quiet Riot mask. <laughs> Nobody will ever know who he is still.
0: <laughs> that, that, no, he'd just draw the Quiet Riot mask on a paper bag. Yeah, that'd there you awesome. go.
1: Even better. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, oh, right, right. look, look, I'll say this. If Quiet Riot, because they, they have been down here with that guy, the American Idol dude, but it was up in, like, Pompano Beach. It's an hour and a half drive. Now, if they were to play Miami, which they did with Jizzy Pearl, I'd go even see him with the with the, with, the, with the American Idol guy because, fuck it, man. It's Quiet Riot. Let's go see. Frankie's a hell of a drummer. Oh, yeah. yeah he's such a great drummer and so, so great to see live that, uh... You know, I I'd still support Quiet Riot, but come on, man, don't make me drive more than fucking 30 minutes.
0: Uh, you know, I, I I'd go see them if they opened up for somebody I really wanted to see, but I got to see the original lineup when they got back together and meet them all, and that's uh that's how I want to end my Quiet Riot memory.
1: Hey, well, you know, hopefully when the Cure does that last tour, you know, I know you like them, so hopefully Quiet Riot will open that. I'd go see that. That'd be awesome. Quiet Riot and the Cure. Love it. Won't be that much of a difference with singers. Ooh. What else is on the news? All right. Well, there's a new
0: photo of Dave Mustaine in pre-production for Megadeth's 16th studio album. And, uh, God, the picture they put on Blabbermouth looks like he really needs to take a shit. I mean, it's a horrible picture. Wow. I don't know why they put it up, but, boy, he doesn't look happy.
1: Well, you know, Dave Mustaine, I've never heard people say this about him, but, man, he's aged a lot. You know, uh, even even like around when I saw the Endgame tour, I was like, God, he's looking he's looking a little ragged. Like you know, I mean, he's still in great shape, but I'm saying his face is kind of drooping like a lot. You know, I noticed it way back in uh, Endgame, and now now it's like I haven't seen this recent picture, but he's uh, he's aging pretty fast.
0: Right. Well, man, as long as he can still write a fucking great riff, you
1: know. Yeah, well, <laughs> what's he doing in the studio? Just writing riffs, because I, I highly suggest he won't sing. You know, I'm a doctor, you know, right. and uh, he has a throat cancer. So, as a doctor, as a physician myself, I I know by by the classes I took at Kellogg's that if you have throat cancer, you should not sing.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well. Hopefully, like I I said before, I hope this is inspiring him to write something fucking angry and some brutal riffs. Uh, And very excited that we are going to meet and interview Dave Ellison at Rockin' Pod 3. And another reason for all of you to show up at Rockin' Pod 3 so you can meet him as well. And he's also going to get up and play. It's going to be amazing. And, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll think of some great questions to ask uh, Mr. Ellison, who is part of the page. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm excited. I, I hope Dave beats us. I, I really do, and uh, I, I believe he's angry enough to do it. And uh, I'm glad he's he's focusing on music, and I think that's healthy, a good distraction. And uh, I hope he channels all of this shit into a great album. Because Dystopia, I thought, kicked ass. You know.
1: Yeah. Um. I, I I think it will kick ass. I mean, you you gotta follow it up with something that's kick ass. I know they have yeah. a history of probably up of kick-ass albums with shitty albums, but, you know, I think now he has that Kiko guy, he's gonna want to show off his chops. Oh, and yeah. uh, It'll probably be uh, Dystopia Part 2. Well, at least I'm hoping. You know? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I think they will because you know, somebody, they got such a backlash over Super Collider and, and such a positive response with Dystopia. I think, you know, he's gonna add it up. Oh, okay, I need to do another Dystopia. And, you know, I say take your time, too. I mean, get healthy, do all that shit, you know. Uh, You know, just make an album that's worth the wait, you know. Don't throw something out there just to keep your name out there. I mean, you're fucking Dave Mustaine. Uh, Take your time, do it right, and get healthy. Right on.
2: All right. Well, Biff
0: Byford was asked why Saxon never made it big in America. No, they're not cute. Yeah, yeah, well, first and foremost, yeah, not cute. Um... but he also chalked it up to a lot of other shit that, that made great sense. Uh, you know, they they never had a great management team behind them or, you know, you know the right record label people behind them. But Saxon, to me, is... They're putting out albums, you know, I think since the late 90s that are just as good and vital as the classic era. And anybody who's seen them recently live can tell you this band can Still bring it. And, uh, man, I'm excited. Biff's putting out a solo album. They're working on a new Saxon album. And definitely, if you get a chance to see these guys, you know, don't go there to look at them. Go there to listen to them. Because yeah. they're fucking amazing.
1: Well, you just turned off a large section of our audience. Uh, oh. Our, our audience, you know, they, they like cute, uh, girly-looking guys. No
0: yeah. uh,
1: uh, Not all. I'm just saying, you know, a section of them.
0: Yeah, well, you know Greg Barnes, you know, but uh, no, you
1: know, I, Greg, I wouldn't even say Greg Barnes. Greg Greg Barnes like Alcatraz. Come on, there's ugly motherfuckers in that band, and he likes Elton John. Goddamn, the guy's ugly. Yeah, but with with uh, Alcatraz, at least the music is gay. You yeah. know? Well, that I, I take greatly offense to because I really like that record, and you just hurt my feelings. <sighs> homophobe. Yeah, true. I'm 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 a I'm a gay homophobe. <laughs> kind of like a Jewish Nazi, but gay. Yeah. <laughs>
0: hey, I got a I got a great Jew joke for you. Oh, cool. Uh, uh, <laughs> and this was this was sent to me. Uh, God damn it! I'm sorry, I'm drunk. I forget who sent. I think it was Jack Roberts sending this. I love this. Uh, guy walks up to another guy, and goes, "Hey, you want some bacon?" The guy's like, "Oh, sorry, I'm Jewish." The other guy says, "Don't worry, it's free."
1: Oh, oh, that's
2: that. that. That's a funny.
0: Uh, Stephen Kirsch is laughing at that joke.
1: Right, but I'm not. I'm 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 like one of those like Hasidic motherfuckers with the curls. It's Hasidic. Whatever. Stop blowing my cover, you douche. <laughs> not not funny. A, not funny.
0: Not only are you a self-hating fig, you're a self-hating Jew. That's right. <laughs> Zeke Heil.
1: Oh yeah. boy.
0: And let's not get you started on those Cubans.
1: Oh, man. piña de la con What he said. Exactly.
0: All right. Well, Bob's, Bob Daisley responded to Sharon Osbourne's oh, boy. Uh, sad old fuck slam, saying fans are aware of the actual truth. And I, I saw you made a post about yeah.
1: this. Uh, not only did I make a post, I did a very rare thing today. I, I I left a comment on Blabbermouth, and, oh. and and check this out. You know, it's just people out there. Uh, I wrote, both Bob and and Sharon are cunts. And this guy wrote, you know, you have to be a high school dropout to call a guy a cunt. And blah blah blah. And then I replied to him, going, you know, I did I replied to him, not even arguing with him. I said, I said, uh, oh, go watch that Rainbow DVD where Bob Daisley says Richie Blackmore. Uh, put a picture of E.T. on this guy's passport, the fucking roadie. But that was 1977, you know. Uh, E.T. was what, 82, 83? And uh, so he's full of shit. So then this idiot, and I didn't even read it, dude. He wrote a paragraph, and I read the first line, and he goes, what does Rainbow have to do with any of it? And I said, well, do I have to read the rest of this idiot? You know, I mean, you, you don't realize he was in the long Live rock rock-and-roll lineup. So I just, I didn't read what he said, but I left a reply saying, you know, I bet hanging out with you would suck. (laughs) I'm funny. No, but that wasn't actually a joke. Because people like that, that get so butthurt online over somebody, you know, hey, oh yeah, you didn't graduate high school, call a guy cunt. Oh, so now you're making rules. I mean, have you ever heard of such a thing, Ian? People that don't graduate high school are the only ones that call guys cunt. Uh, well,
0: first of all, that's the dumbest motherfuckers on the world, uh, comment and blabbermouth. And I'm not saying you, I'm saying, you know, the people. Well, who no, I just to.
1: did it today. That was it.
0: Right, right. No, I, I, I very suddenly comment on blabbermouth, unless I see something just so stupid, I, I, have to, but that's very rarely, but yeah, that is the bottom of the barrel, you know, those are the kind of people who, uh, who listen to Rock Strikes 10, <laughs>
1: you
0: know, oh, those, bottom of the barrel.
1: Is that the one that said they would not go if they invited us again? I'm not going. Okay, I was trying to think who that was, because I was talking to somebody the other day, saying, "Yeah, man, there's this podcast that said they're not gonna go if we're invited again." You know, the if you invite those dudes that supplied our hotel room and plane flights, like you know, we came here, uh, fuck them. You know, it's like (laughs) gotta love it. Yeah, uh, that's right. They're they're like uh, Rockstrike, ten people that post on uh, Blabbermouth. Good call there, Ian.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I will say I'm definitely more on Team Daisley than you are. Uh, and and yes, it, it's very easy to bring up the the ET comment, but I do think he he does have a lot of valid points. I do believe Sharon is is evil. I mean, she even admitted. That, you know, she did the the whole re-recording just to teach him a fucking lesson.
1: They're both so. good. He kept going back. Fuck him. I have no sympathy for Bob Daisley because the guy keeps going back to Ozzy after every time they quote-unquote fucked him over. They didn't fuck him over. You signed a bum contract. You signed a contract with the devil. When Sharon Osbourne, uh, Sharon Osbourne sends you a, gives you a contract, especially after the first time you were host, you'd figure... You know, the next time you sign contracts, because look, let's face it. You know, let's say Bob Daisley's right as far as the writing goes. You know, Um, hey man, let me just make some money here writing the con. I ain't gonna sign that contract unless I get some royalties and you know, a little publishing. He didn't do none of it. So then, after you know, all that shit's said and done, he goes and takes them to court, and they're like, "Well, you didn't sign no contract for for that much money." And another thing. That was brought up in court. Bob Daisley still receives money for the first two Ozzy albums. He does get royalty, probably chicken feed. But right, the right. guy, the guy has over two million dollars that was brought up in court. So you know, I'm sorry, man. Unless the guy was fucking dying, broke and hungry, you know, I, I don't have no sympathy yeah. for Bob Daisley, you know.
0: But but enough about Lee Kerslake. <laughs> yeah,
1: that guy. Well, you know. He's a whole different story. But that guy, you know, he didn't probably didn't write any any of the music. But, you know, just my point being that Bob Daisley is well off and he's just a bitter old fuck and can't do a goddamn thing worth anything unless he has Ozzy Osbourne singing it. Fact! Fuck a boomagog. Terrible uh, Uriah Heep album. I don't care what any uh, of you say. Well, maybe I do. Because I'll probably bitch and get pissed if somebody says a boomagog's uh, like good and says that I suck Then I'll probably will get pissed So I take that back I probably will care What you say
0: <laughs> Well let, let me ask you this Do you have any sympathy for uh, Jakey Lee not getting credit on Bark of the Moon
1: Big time but He also falls into the same category As bro you signed a contract You know but Jake Is different though cause if you listen To Jake's shit he's like I don't want No fucking money just say I wrote The goddamn thing I don't want no money. I'll sign. He even said I'll sign contracts that you don't even have to pay me. Just give me a little credit for the thing. So that's the big difference. Oh, he said
2: that. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. He said he'd sign a contract that he wouldn't even want money. All he wants is credit. And then, then when all and then then when it came to Ultimate Sin, uh, they came with him with the same bullshit, and he was like, no, no, no. See, unlike Bob Daisley, he was like, no. Ultimate Sin if I'm writing shit I'm getting some money from it and they changed the shit for him he has more balls than Bob Daisley Bob Daisley Bob Daisley looks like a chick like an old <laughs> fucked up woman
0: well, I, I heard Jakey Lee actually got mad that he got credit for Ultimate Sin cause he's like don't tell people I wrote thank god for the bomb
1: yeah no shit Nuke, ya well, uh, <laughs> uh, hey wait aren't you the one that loves that fucking album I do love that album but thank god for the bomb Jesus Christ I love. There's <laughs> there's two really good friends of mine. My my buddy Elsie Borden, she loves Ultimate Sin. Elsie's
0: cool as fuck.
1: Yeah, yeah, she loves that. Album. And then my friend Manny Q, who I love dearly, got a big ass Ultimate Sin tattoo. Now, now, mind you, I think that album cover is awesome. Oh fuck yeah! But uh, yeah. and then you know he it broke his heart when I said, ah, that fucking album's plata. You know Manny's Q, Q uh, not Cuban, but he's Spanish speaking so. He understands Uh, the
0: plaster word. He knows what plaster means. Okay. Good
1: good guy. But anyway, Secret Loser, Shot in the Dark, Killer Giants. Good tunes. All righty. Next story. Uh,
0: Well, this is a band I thought went away, but now they're back again in another formation. And that's Massacre. I love me some Massacre. Oh, yeah,
1: Massacre. Yeah, yeah. I played with Massacre at the, the Land Festival, Metal Festival
0: nice well uh they reformed unfortunately without terry butler who i love uh (laughs) had some good arguments with him on my facebook page but he's he's a good dude i met him he's super nice he's not involved in this one but cam lee and rick Roz are back in this lineup that's awesome uh, and they have the same drummer that's been with them for i think the last nine years and a new guy on bass um I mean, I'm not by any means, you know, everybody knows I'm not the biggest death metal guy, but I dig Massacre. Uh, I love that shit. And uh, be interested to hear this, man. I'd definitely check out a new, because I like the one they did without Cam Lee on vocals. From that Beyond?
1: Had, oh, no, there's uh, other
0: one. Um, uh, uh, what's that? Back From Beyond. Yeah, Back From Beyond. Back From Beyond. Uh, and that one had Rick Rouse on guitar and Terry Butler on bass. Uh, Mike Menzello on drums and and uh, I forget who was second on that one.
1: Doctor uh, Fuck.
0: Yeah, that hey, that'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I'd love to see you and would be awesome. That'd be badass. But uh, yeah, they're back together and uh, they just signed <laughs> with uh, with a UK talent agency, so they're probably, of course, going to play you know a lot of the UK festivals. Man, if they came around here, I'd love to catch Master live. Uh, Kick-ass, kick-ass old-school death metal band.
1: Right on. Yeah, I dig me some Massacre. Even seen them way back in the day. Early 90s,
0: yeah. Nice. All right, let's see. What else we got here?
1: I'm a Florida boy. All those death metal bands, were all roaming around here a lot.
0: All right. Well, uh, Rob Zombie released a full trailer for his new uh, movie, Three from Hell. Which is the the third movie in the House of a Thousand Corpses, Devil Rejects. Uh, now, I guess you call it a trilogy. Did you watch the video, uh, the trailer?
1: Yes, I did. What you think? Eh, I love Devil's Rejects. Right. I, I didn't like the, uh, uh, the Thousand Corpses that movie. Devil's Rejects was awesome, but this, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's 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 not as badass as that Rambo trailer. God damn, that looks badass. That um, do. I can't wait to see the Rambo trailer. You know, the the this one is just like, you know, I don't know, it's just flashes of their face and you know, a guy, oh, they uh, went to war with the cops and three from hell. And then there's a scene of somebody stabbing somebody. I don't know, it's just kind of a little dark and uh, can't really see what's going on type trailer.
0: Well, the first thing I thought is, wow, this looks like something filmed on a fucking, uh, on a hand camcorder or a fucking phone. <clears throat> definitely doesn't look like there was any kind of budget. Uh, I'm hoping for the best, but, man, after that last one he put out, 31, I was like, oh, boy, boy, was that a stinker.
1: I didn't see that. Was that another horror movie?
0: Yeah, yeah, oh, man. And, and I got to tell you, you know, before that was uh, Lords of Salem. Now, Lords of Salem, I initially, I initially really hated it. But uh, you know, I forced myself to watch it a couple other times, and now I've really kind of got into it. And I rewatched 31, and I was still like, "Wow, this is just a fucking mess."
1: No, no, you keep watching it. Maybe it'll do something. Keep watching it. God damn All, it.
2: Right, yeah, I'll, I'll All right, yeah. All right, good,
1: good. Course. You listen to me. But uh, but I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I hope it's
0: good. I hope it's good. But God damn does Sid Haig look bad? Oh my! I mean, I know he's got to be in his fucking.
1: Who's that? 70s. The clown? Yeah. Oh, that guy always looked bad.
0: Yeah, but I mean, I mean, he looks really frail uh, in oh. the new trailer, and they only show. A lot of people commented like, "Wow, there's not a lot of scenes with him," and uh, you know, which sucks. But you know, hey man, as long as Bill Mosley fucking delivers, I'll be fucking happy.
1: Hey man, as long as that Rambo movie comes out, god damn, that looked good. That's blood.
0: Oh, and speaking of Sylvester Stallone. Uh, i just watched a movie today that you said you didn't care for that i really
1: enjoyed which one was that one uh, was that? Creed 2 yeah you know what no 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 let me let me rephrase it I, it's not that i didn't enjoy it i kind of got bored because it's the same goddamn premise as every rocky movie and creed one you know it uh, starts off and uh, dark times and then he snaps out of it and trains really hard and then you know wins the fight type thing i'm like Eh, you know, but you know it's cool to see Brigitte back for a little oh, bit.
0: Oh yeah, that surprised me. I didn't know she was making a cameo in that. Yeah, Brigitte was there. Wow, yeah, I know. I can't. I can't believe he brought her back. You know, because that's his ex. You know, yeah, like, yeah. like, ooh, I'm wondering if like if his current wife. You know, that he's been married to forever. He's been married to that chick since like '97.
1: He should have just got. I, you know, I mean, I, I'm thinking if there was still Bill, bad blood between. um uh, Sylvester Stallone and Brigitte, uh, right. he could have just got like you know um, uh, that Jenner chick, <laughs> Caitlyn. Get yeah. Caitlyn, you know, with stilts. Put stilts on Caitlyn.
0: But I, I, I think I, maybe it, it helped his ego because you, you know he married a fucking model that's like 30 years younger than him, and she ended up fucking Flavor Flav. <laughs> you know, so maybe he's like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Little movie.
1: Throw you on know. a bone.
0: Yeah, if she would have got with like Brad Pitt, he'd be like, no, fuck you, bitch. You know, exactly.
1: like, Get Caitlyn like, on the phone.
0: Yeah, she's last seen banging Flavor Flav. Like, yeah, okay, I'll put you in my little movie. But,
1: but Rambo. But <laughs> Rambo, Last Blood, man. Did Rob Zombie uh, direct that one? No, no. It looks good, man. It looks really good. Sly goes and fucks up the cartel, I think. Yeah. He goes and fucks with the cartel. I mean, you gotta got you gotta have balls to fuck with a cartel, you know. But then again, it's fucking Rambo. That guy like took down how many nations?
0: Exactly. <laughs> I hear in this movie he builds a wall and then kills everybody behind it. Wow.
1: And I'm uh, behind the wall too. That's how badass he is. <laughs> Punches through the walls and fucking just kills people. Squashes their brain with uh, the with the concrete.
0: But I enjoyed the last Rambo. That you was know, it,
1: my second favorite one.
0: It was definitely better than three, you know.
1: Two's uh, dated. Two's okay, but it's dated. You did it, Rambo! Yeah. <laughs> that fucking yeah. scene when he jumps out of the burning boat, and yeah. then like, the boat blows up, and she's like, You did it, Rambo! <laughs> yeah, yeah I no just, shit, bitch.
0: I, I, I rewatched them uh, a couple months ago, and I was like, God, how do you go from First Blood, which is almost like a perfect movie, to to like two and three are so horrible compared to First Blood?
1: And then the last one was more real. I mean, it was more real than even part one. Even though I prefer part one, that shit was real, because it actually showed. Like, when the movie starts, you see real death scenes of what's going on in that country. And the, Ah. the bad guy that played the bad guy in The Last Ramble... He was actually one of the uh, prisoners of that that regime, you know, that he escaped. Uh-huh. Or, I don't know if he escaped, but I know he, that's where... Because, you know, I got that Blu-ray with the with the extras. But yeah, that dude was actually uh, imprisoned from that regime. And then he ended up playing, you know... And, and that's perfect, because that guy knows how one, those scumbags act, you know what I mean?
0: Awesome. Well, they, I mean, I'll definitely check it out, that's
1: for sure. Man, the way he fucking pulls that guy's fucking like, throat out, out, of, out of his throat. I'm like, dude, goddamn, that's brutal. That shit was badass. Who are you? Who are any <laughs> of you? They would have raped her and cut her fucking head off. Fuck yeah. Rambo, go see it. If you haven't yet, maybe it'll make you like start liking bands like Saxon. Because Mickey loves you. Because Mickey loves you, Rambo. Rambo. <laughs>
0: Mickey wants to stick his dicky in you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Iron Man's Nickel McBrain has uh, put out seven parts, uh, like a video talking about the set list for this new uh, Legacy oh, really? of the Beast tour.
1: I'm seeing it tomorrow, the opening night. Oh, uh, man. No, no, man. no, Thursday. I'm sorry, Thursday.
0: Have you, have you watched any of these videos that Nico's put out?
1: No, because Nico... Look, I love Nico. He lives down here. I was right. even... He even did our radio show. But, man, I get lost when that guy talks. I don't, oh. know, what the, I don't know what the hell he's saying. David Lee Roth makes more sense.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I haven't got a chance to watch him yet. Uh, jealous because here's another good maiden tour that I don't get to see. They, they hate New Orleans. Uh, I don't think they've played New Orleans since... Either somewhere in time or Seventh Sun tour, um, but uh, Jesus Christ, yeah, yeah, they they always skip New Orleans. They'll play 27 cities in, in Texas, but uh, they they love to skip New Orleans. But anywho, uh, man, I, I hope you guys see a great set list, man. I would love to see one of these fucking, uh, you know, the the old school tours because you know my my best friend from from high school he go. they always play chicago of course because everybody plays fucking chicago but he's seen every one of these retro tours, and just loves them you know and i've seen fear of the dark and fucking final frontier right? and i had to go to fucking texas for the final frontier tour
1: that was terrible i saw that one well yeah. you, i'm sure you got happy when they played uh what was that song from seven sun evil that men do uh, that was like one of the the, the, the deep tracks that night. And that was like...
0: I was I'd say I, I felt so bad for, for my friend who drove us to to Houston uh, because he was a newer Iron Maiden fan, but he really, I mean, he really just you know devoured their old catalog and loved it. Here's his first time seeing fucking Maiden, and they played like four songs that he fucking knew, <laughs> you know, and it's just like, oh man. Dang. You know, you know, and to drive that far and what we spent on beer in a hotel and poor guy only gets to hear four songs he can fucking sing along to. Oh,
1: man. Well, I could have warned you. I didn't know you back then. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, but it, the thing with Maiden, though, it goes back to every album. Every time they tour for an album, they play over half the fucking album. And they did that even back in the day. I mean, look at the set list on the Power Slave tour. Look how heavy it is on Power Slave. They've yeah. always done that. The difference is the albums used to be good, so you didn't mind. <laughs> you know,
1: There was but less it's... on Somewhere in Time and Seven Sun, though. Not uh, as much of Power Slave. i, 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 I got to tell you right now, I saw the both those tour. Uh, caught Somewhere in Time, uh, Wasted Years, Heaven Can Wait, and that's it. Uh, well, no, there,
0: there's other songs that they did play, but some were dropped off.
1: Yeah, I know Sea of uh, Madness was one of them, but it wasn't no. at the show, was it? So yeah. they only played three from that. So, okay, Moonchild, The Clairvoyant, Seven Son of a Seventh Son, The Evil That Men Do, and Can I Play With Madness. All right, they threw out five from that one. Yeah. And uh, at Fear of the Dark, I was so fucking blindly drunk that I don't even remember those, those songs. Um, I remember, I remember uh, Testament and Corrosion were there.
0: Yeah, yeah, I saw, yeah, that's who I saw him with. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they, they've dug so deep in that, they even played Wasted Love on that fucking tour. I mean, Jesus,
1: Jesus Christ. Yeah, I know, right? Man, thank God I blocked that one out.
0: <laughs> thank you,
1: Jack Daniels.
0: <laughs> but uh, man, I, I hope you see a great Maiden show. I mean, Bruce is still singing great and, uh, and uh, you know, fuck, man. Pro- so cross your second-
1: fingers, cross your fingers, because... I'm going with my cousin and we're going to go look for scalpers. Oh, you don't dude, have tickets. You know, dude, the tickets are 70 bucks nosebleeds. Oh uh-huh. yeah. It's like, damn, dude, let's see if we can do better over there. I scored really good tickets for ELO last week. Um, I went out and there was an opening act and uh, I waited till that opening act was over. That's when the scalpers get really desperate. Yeah, I'm a veteran. I know right. what I'm doing. I got a ticket for 50 bucks and it was It was near the floor, close to the stage, you know, on the side 50 bucks. And I'm telling you, it was like 50 bucks nosebleeds for that show. Our good friend, Charlie Hill was there.
0: Oh, Charlie. I love Charlie.
1: Yeah. Unfortunately, I didn't see him because I left my phone in my car.
0: Oh, and his girl. uh, Yeah. yeah. uh, Daniela. Daniela. Oh, God. What a beauty. He's a lucky man. Holy
1: shit. He just sent me, he just sent me cheap trick bobbleheads. All four members
0: oh man he is, is so cool yeah, both him and ass. the missus and they both donated this year to the expo wow that's
1: awesome are they yeah. going to be on our show what's that are they going to be on our show
0: uh, I believe Charlie Charlie said no Charlie's he says he's a little bit too shy to do that but he just wanted to support us and donate All right. All right, uh, cool. I, I hope we get the missus on this show Shit, I'll, I'll let her on the show for 5 bucks <laughs> just so we can post pictures of her keep yeah.
1: it in your pants <laughs> this is Charlie Hill's chick, bro.
0: I know I'm complimenting the dude on his fine okay, taste. Okay,
1: fine, but you know, I mean, you don't have to go all overboard like you want to, like, banger and shit,
2: dude. No, no, have a little
1: friends. decency.
0: I don't know nothing about that.
1: That's right. Neither do I. But that was good <laughs> acting on my part.
0: <laughs> oh my god. Now, now here's a here's a storyline that made me laugh. But then I thought about it and I was like, hmm. it makes a lot of sense. Queen's Brian May praises Adam Lambert and says Freddie Mercury Freddie Mercury would approve big time, and I agree because Freddie Mercury wouldn't have to sing these shitty Queen
1: songs. Oh come on, man! Queen is awesome.
0: Bicycle.
1: You're a fucking Bicycle. idiot. Bicycle. I saw the set list; it's really good. I'm going to see it because of my knees.
0: I, I I will say this: I was impressed with the set list. I I thought it was a really good, uh, oh. you, you know you know even a lot of songs I don't like, but I'm I'm like. They mixed a lot of good songs and from different eras that I didn't think they would go to, you know. And uh, so, if you are a Queen fan, okay, uh, hey, you know,
1: check it out. Queen's awesome. That's yeah. an awesome band. Yeah,
0: yeah. I'd rather go. I'd rather go see, see Queens Reich with Jeff Latore or whatever his name is. I like. I, 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 I like. LaTori.
1: You know. I'll tell you this. You know, that Adam Lambert guy. It's not like he sings terribly. But, man, his stage presence and the way he just... He's just so flamboyant. It's like kind of like a try-hard thing. Now, I don't know who it was, but there's a couple you know, jack-offs on our page <laughs> uh, that were saying, no, he was awesome. I'm like, well, okay, all right. I'm going to see it. So I'll be honest. I will be honest. You know, I mean, I'll tell you, if, if, if in a live setting, it's less annoying than what I see on YouTube with him sprawling on a couch with one of those Bag fans, you know, bull you know, with, you know, doing that little fucking, I don't know, man, that Madonna bullshit. And then I just saw footage of, um, I saw footage of this new tour, and the song Bicycle Race. He comes up, he comes oh. up, he comes up in a motorcycle. Right. And the way, like, you know, the way, he, you know, he's just, and the motorcycles going in circle. I mean, the stage it lifts him up. He's no, he can't even turn on a motorcycle and drive on. Not even like five feet like Rob Halford on stage. You know, it just brings it up. And you see the tires are, you know, held down with clamps. And it's going around in circles. And he's like, you know, just like flittling about, sitting on the bike. Bicycle. But, oh my God. Yeah, I'm but, like, but,
0: but to me, I mean, Jesus Christ. You know, Freddie Mercury would come out with two guys dressed like Superman holding him on his shoulders. So I'm it's sorry.
1: Like, it wasn't, but his mannerism wasn't so flamboyant. I mean, it was flamboyant, but it was cool. It didn't seem, look, <clears throat> what, what, what Ferdy Mercury did was his flamboyance. Yeah. It was him. You oh, know? yeah, oh, I
0: get, and that's how I like my queens. I like my queens. You know, if you're going to be gay, be gay. You know, you know I, I like that. But the, the thing with Adam Lambert is he acts like he deserves to be there. <laughs> you know, and it's like, oh, God, you so don't. You well, so don't.
1: I I I agree with you now, Ian. But according to people on my page, uh, I may disagree with you after I see it. So we'll see what happens.
0: I I, I hope you like it. And, and I, I hope do too. You, you I, made hey, a nice man
1: there. I, uh, I, I I gotta tell you this right now, man. I've never seen Brian May or Roger Taylor live, so bam, I get to do that. You know, and that's the main reason I'm like, okay, I'm going because of that. But you know, since I'm there. You know, I'll see if this guy does not annoy me as much as he does on YouTube. Because on YouTube, he's just fucking terrible.
0: Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you go. You deserve to go see Queen.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've been a, I've been a Queen fan since I was, a, you know, a little gay kid. Yeah. You know, one of my first uh, 45s was Killer Queen. Mm-mm. Yeah.
0: Yep. But enough enough about your mother. Hey, Uh um, hey, hey, and happy birthday to your mother, by the way. She just had a birthday.
1: Yes, seven fourteen, the same number as a quaalude. Yes. And uh, yes. yeah, yeah, it was my mama's birthday uh, Saturday two days ago. <clears throat> and was, what do what, awesome.
0: your what do your mother and a quaalude have in common?
1: Uh, the number seven fourteen.
0: Yeah, they both went down my throat.
1: Oh man!
0: Oh oh oh! You, you mean told my me mom's it was your got your mom? A... I, didn't, I didn't know it was your dad. Oh. Oh, oh. oh
1: yeah, I was about to say, is my mom packing?
0: <laughs> yeah, she was really. Damn. Yeah. Uh, okay, here's one. Uh, we'll we'll file this under under pussy whipped. Holy shit! Why Oz, Why didn't Ozzy Osbourne join his Black Sabbath bandmates at Grammy Salutes to Musical Legends? Sharon Osbourne explains. Did you read this story?
1: Nope. Uh, basically,
0: uh, Sharon said she would not allow Ozzy to go because of the way she feels that the Grammys have treated Black Sabbath. And she said that
1: she would not allow him to go. Oh, give me a fucking break. It's the goddamn Grammys. Yeah. Really? Those but, uh, guys are clueless.
0: Uh, no, 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 no. I, I get that, but I, uh, Geezer went, Tony went, and I, be- I believe uh couldn't be wrong—but I believe Bill was there as well. Uh, and yeah, uh, Sharon says she would not allow Ozzy to go. And Ozzy—that's uh,
2: fucked up.
1: I'm sure Ozzy didn't want to go anyway. Uh, look, look, look. I'm not here to fucking defend Ozzy's not being pussy whipped. Come on. It's quite obvious he is. But uh, Ozzy's out of state now, man, that I don't even think he knows. You know. Yeah,
0: but what, what I really think it is, though, what I really, really think it is, is is the true and utmost case of pussy whipped. But I'm going to give him a little bit of leeway. I think Ozzy is still in the doghouse so bad for fucking the, the hairdresser you know that whatever she says now more than ever he is going to do because at his age I don't think he wants to go through a fucking divorce you know and and, and have to lose you know everything he's you know spent his life working for and shit like that
1: and you know he will it's Sharon Osbourne oh
0: god oh she would take him to the fucking cleaners you know what
1: we were talking about earlier about Bob Daisley I'm sure uh, Ozzy signed those same contracts (laughs) I'm sure all all Ozzy's money goes to her and she's like okay Ozzy I'll let you play a little
2: more
0: you know
1: well he even said
0: "I mean, and this is like god damn Uh, I'm getting so old now Uh, this might have been like 15 or 20 years ago Ozzy was on Howard Stern and said back then he didn't want to tour anymore but said Sharon spends so much fucking
1: money that he has to yeah to keep up her fucking lifestyle. No, and it's that, uh, it, to keep up, you know, because she's the one that makes all the money.
0: And, and th- this is not only a fucking, you know, a woman who did what she did with the, uh, you know, re-recording the the bass and drums on the first two albums. Uh, you know, one of the, the worst stories I heard about her that really, I was like, wow, really, bitch? Uh, she kicked Phil's, uh, thousand or Susan, whatever the guy who played bass on the, uh,
1: that is, uh, that Elvis is the worst and, story. Yeah. Right yeah. in front of Randy Castile's corpse.
0: Yes. Yes. While, while they were kneeling down in front of the casket. Like, wow. Yeah. This, this bitch really has no shame. And, but much like you, I I will give her all the, you know, if it wasn't for her, Ozzy never, you know, he probably wouldn't even be alive, let alone have the career he had. Right. But th- this just shows you how evil this chick is. And if, if you know anything about her father, he was the same fucking way. I mean, that's her father's the reason she is the way she is.
1: I mean, there were talks of her father even being um, uh, connected with the mafia.
0: Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That, that's not unfounded. I mean, that's true. And I
1: hanging mean, people over balconies like, uh, oh, yeah. Like, what's oh. his face did to, to Vanilla Ice?
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Was it
1: Suge Knight? sugar Knight. But yeah. but
0: yeah, I mean, add, shit, read some of the stories that ELO has to say about Don Arden. You know? Yeah. Because he managed them as well. I mean, well,
1: you know, and, uh, the ELO Blu ray, um, uh, Out of the Blue, this is 1977, I think. The intro has Sherry Osborne walking with the Entourage. Uh, young, fat Sharon Osborne is on that DVD. Oh,
2: wow.
1: So I think she had something to do it. Because she worked for her dad.
0: Yeah. Oh, she and and she was very Rubenesque back in the day, you know. She she didn't get thin until she fucking you know had surgery.
1: Yeah. She was a chunky bitch. Like she she got dude. She didn't get thin until right when the Osbournes happened. Yeah. She, like
0: yeah. I, I, like a
1: year before that, she was big.
0: Yeah. Yeah. She had that gastric bypass shit. You know? Yeah. But whatever. But, uh, but yeah, that, that that's enough fucking news. What do you say we get awesome that, that we were. On the birthday of America,
1: yeah. And I also want to add, we did not know this at the time, but I got to, I got to say this. That night, Alice Cooper opened his tour, and we say during his interview one of the songs. Uh, and and I won't give away the song, but all three of us agreed it's the it's the best song on the album. Oh yeah. And he played it for the first time since 1988. On the same night we did this review. Yes,
0: that is true. That's some crazy stuff. That is true. So, so all of you
1: rock stars, listen to us. We know what we're talking about. Yeah, we're like noster dumbass, man. That is us. <laughs> all right, here we go. Alice Cooper, raise your fist and yell with. Keep the rock, Rockford. That's right. Here we go. All right, now it's time to review the nineteen eighty-seven yes yeah got it, right. got it right that was maybe eighty-seven, eighty-eight. uh alex cooper raise your fist and yell and this is a fan episode ian
0: yes it is and who would and, be
1: that fan
0: oh my god i am so honored to finally have this guy on the show keith the rock rockford paid for this episode a year ago and we're finally getting around to it now keith we are so happy to have you here thank you brother I'm honored to be here, guys. Thanks for having me. Awesome, and and uh, and, and Keith, you know, I, I was trying to like, uh, like, okay, have you ever done a podcast shit like this? I didn't know he's been on uh, Damn Good Movie Memories twice, so nice. this guy, this guy has
1: experience. He, he's gonna I pull love that podcast.
0: He knows what to. Oh yeah, Brian Davis is awesome he's and a uh, pimp. I, yeah, you guessed on a pretty good fucking podcast, but now you're on a great podcast, so no
1: pressure.
3: No pressure at all.
1: <laughs> he has look, he has a great podcast. You're now on the best podcast. Yeah, it's a
0: step
3: we're, we're, up.
1: It's yeah, a step we're, up. We're above great. Come on.
0: Yeah, it's like you know you're, you're the a, kings. You're you're the a Sox fan, game. but now you're at a Cubs game. You know, it's it's the next level. Great. <laughs> so That means you're dumping beer on my fucking head. Great. It, could happen. Could happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, Keith, uh, why don't you tell us, um, you know, why why you picked this album and and, and your history with it, and, uh, yeah, we'll take it from there. Yeah, no problem. Uh, I picked it because I know uh,
3: your friends and my one of my fan shows is a uh, decibel geek, and they put the oh, whole okay. episodes up of The Lost Years, which right. is usually the early 80s of Alice, but nobody ever talks about... The, the late 80s, like Constrictor, and to me, Raise Your Fist and Yell. And those, to me, were a little bit more important than anything after that. Um, this was the first new Alice album that I ever bought. I got into Alice because I was in a record store with money in my pocket ready to, to burn a hole in it. And I had two records in my hand I had Constrictor, and I had, and I'll admit it, the final countdown from Europe.
1: <laughs>
3: yep. But then I put it down and looked at the back of Constrictor and said, it has the lyrics. It's got a song called Teenage Frankenstein. I remember this Alice Cooper dude from that Twisted Sister song. So he's got to be at least pretty cool, even though the song wasn't as great. Still has a special place in my heart to be cruel to your school. But got this record, got the Constrictor record, loved it, went backwards, started getting some of the other ones. And then when this came out, I was super excited for it. Nice. Mm. Nice.
1: Route? Uh Yeah. Um, I've always been a, an Alice fan. Uh, well, I didn't own everything he did, but I own, you know, The Greatest Hits, Killer, Love It to Death, Welcome to My Nightmare and Billion Dollar Babies. And uh, then I got flushed to fashion maybe a year or two afterwards, but wasn't uh, well-versed in the blackout years, which I heard that Decibel Group episode just last night, It he's fucking awesome. Yeah, and, great episode. Yeah and, uh, yeah, and then, you know, Alice disappeared. Popped his head up during uh, uh, the Twisted Sister album. And then he came back with Constrictor, and he came down here. I bought the album. Very excited to finally see Alice Cooper on New Year's Eve. Front row. It was fucking amazing. And then when he released this, I was doubly excited because I saw the Freedom video and I was like, oh, this is so metal and, it's th- and he's thinking about freedom and he's fucking uh, goofing on censorship and organized religion. What's not to love? You know, so uh, I ran out and bought this album and man, do I, lo- I love this way more than Constrictor. Uh, I think Constrictor had its moments where this one has a lot of those moments. Uh, absolutely love this album. How about you, Andrew?
0: Well, I was definitely raised on Alice Cooper. Uh, my, my father was a huge, huge Alice Cooper fan, so I heard all of his shit growing up. Uh, my dad always stayed in touch. It's one guy, uh, like Iggy Pop and, and and Alice Cooper are two guys he never gave up on. Whenever they put out something new, didn't matter. He bought it. And my first rock and roll concert was Alice Cooper on the Constrictor Tour that my dad took me to. I've talked about that on the show. Um, but this one, I remember when it came out, I was like, okay, I'm definitely getting more into Alice Cooper because after I saw him live, that's really where I dug back and listened to like the classic stuff. But with this one, I remember getting it and, you know, like like first-week buyer, definitely. I was like, oh, my God, my first concert, Alice Cooper, is so cool. Uh, but I remember being kind of, like, oblivious to the record a little bit. Uh, like, eh, I didn't like it as much as Constrictor. I definitely didn't like it as much. Like, now I'm going back and listen to Classic Era. Like, I definitely didn't listen to it uh, as much as that. And my dad was kind of like, eh, with it. Uh, So, to me, it's kind of a forgotten uh, album, you know, and and Keith talked about that. I I really believe it is. But I went back and I listened to this album probably about four times uh, before we did this review. So, we'll see if my opinion changed. But at first, I was a little underwhelmed, I gotta admit. Uh, And it had to be, like, probably by the time it came out, I was much more into other bands than I was Alice Cooper, but I had more of an affinity for older Alice Cooper. So... We'll see where it fits in, but regardless, I love the Coop, and uh, I, I did enjoy the latest episode of Decibel Geek. If you guys don't know Decibel Geek, that's an amazing podcast that have fans who don't donate for shit, uh, and you need to check out the podcast, and, and may, maybe donate their name, because you feel sorry for them. Uh, but I love Coop, but uh, we'll get into it when we get into the album. So uh, keep the rock, Rockford. Since you are our special guest, why don't you take the first track, the only single from the album, Freedom. Freedom.
3: What more can you say about it? It just starts the album off right at the top. It punches you in the fucking throat. It just, it's, I know it's the only single, but it should have been bigger. Um, this should still be a staple in his his live set now. Um, the song, the message behind it, it's Metal Alex. I mean, he's given the finger to the PMRC, to religious groups. I mean, he wasn't even on the PMRC's list, but, you know, he wanted to be on there so badly, I'm sure, <laughs> so he could get a couple more a couple more millions sold. But, I mean, he was, this song just, to me, is amazing. It's one of my, it's probably second favorite on the album. Um, but it's one, probably one of the best songs of his career. Just, he's on top of, of his game with his lyrical ways of, you know, you're playing God from your ivory tower. You know it's just i don't care if it's sunday yeah exactly you know the production on it is still kind of thin it's the 80s it's michael wagner it's what happens on some of these records but it doesn't matter the playing that kane roberts brings an underrated guitarist in my opinion he's one of those guys that i know he looks like rambo but he can play his ass off and as soon as you hear him play i know that it's him just by his sound And we'll we'll give some props to Kip Winger, who does some amazing background vocals on this entire record, especially this track. So I love this song.
1: Right on, Ian. Uh, Yeah, I
0: I, I do love this song. You know, they they had a great video for it. Uh, There is some shit I I agree with on on Keith with this. I love Michael Wagner. Uh, Met Michael Wagner, totally awesome guy. He is going to be at the Rockin' Pod uh, Expo 3. He's been at the first two. Nice guy. But yeah, I do believe the production is a little thin on this one. But he knew who to go to for that time because Michael Wagner was the guy to go to. Uh, But it it is cool. I mean, this is Metal Alice. And I really kind of think that maybe it had something to do with, you know, the Constrictor Tour. Because when I saw him, I saw the first date of when Tesla took over. But before that, it was Megadeth. And I I, I think I can't help but think there was some influence, because you got to admit, in Alice's solo career, away from the original Alice Cooper band, there was a lot of trend following. Like, whatever was popular, Alice would do it. And at this time, this is Alice's metal album. And uh, definitely a heavy fucking song, a, a cool message, a cool rebellion-esque song. Which, I, you know, I find kind of weird, like, you know, now you know what a conservative Christian he is, but at this time, this was a pretty rebellious song, and, uh, yeah, it definitely should have been bigger, and I would love to see this on the fucking set list instead of Feed My Frankenstein, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, bring back freedom, that would be awesome. Um... Uh, But no, it's a great track and a great way to start off the album. What do you think, Ralph?
1: Oh, yeah. Big fuck you to censorship and organized religion. Alice embracing 80s traditional metal. You know, too bad it was short-lived. But at least I got a full album of heavy metal, Alice. And this song fucking rips, man. In the video with those steroid motherfuckers kicking some clown shoe ass. You know, Freedom is the perfect opener for this metal album. And, uh, I, I, I adore the message. I live the message. I breathe the message. Uh, don't give a fuck about what anybody thinks. I do what the fuck I want because I'm in America and I'm free. I am free to be who the fuck I am. And that's what this song is saying. It's freedom, man. It's about being free and freedom to rock, you know? And I love that message, dude. Free, freedom to roll too. Yeah. Well, that, that I do with weed. Oh, uh, yeah, Freedom Rules. Great opening track. Then we go to Lock Me Up. Alice Cooper, you've been accused of mass mental cruelty. How do you plead? Guilty. Come on, dude. What a great way to start this one, you know? Don't want to be clean. Don't want to be nice. The whip's going to crack my leather's black and sore my eyes. Fuck, yeah. So fucking snotty so fucking badass and usually you know me I don't like the whoa but I gotta give this one a pass because this song is so kick fucking ass you know lock me up or shut up I fucking love this it's pure entertainment this this song makes me want to raise my fist and yell I love lock me up great track what do you think there, K?
3: I love this one too. Um, it, it, I love the splatter flick imagery on it. I mean, that whole bloodied the stage and covered in red and even having his little guest appearance for that intro for the uh, Alice Cooper part. That's uh, anybody know who it is?
1: Oh, that no, that is don't.
3: Robert England. Correct. Freddie. Wow. Freddie.
1: I, I learned something.
3: So yeah, I mean, it, it's a fucking killer song. Uh, this backing band was amazing I mean this is probably one of his best backing bands that he's had I, I, I think except for of course the, the original Alice Cooper band of course that's right and, yeah, and, and up and I, I saw
0: this band because this is the band that played on the concert tour yeah yeah so, definitely which if people don't know it, it, it's Kane Roberts on guitar Kip Winger on bass Paul Taylor on keyboards and Ken Mary on drums so great great lineup
3: and that's another badass thing about this record is you actually have a drummer on this record Constrictor a lot of that was drum machine and this one you've got a live fucking drummer that just kicks ass so
0: I agree All right. well uh, I, I love this song as well and it's funny because going back and listening to this like I said initially this was an album I bought I listened to and it didn't really grab me and I didn't revisit that much and I thought I was going to have a lot more hate for this album than I actually do. But I heard this one, and I was like, oh, man. This song, I mean, as soon as it starts, I'm like, big, dumb, but catchy as hell. And there's there's a little bit of elements in this song that remind me of classic, you know, like Alice Cooper group era. Like, especially like the pre-chorus reminds me of, of, of the original Alice Cooper group. And... Um, This is up there with one of my favorites on the album. I really, really love this song. To me, it's total fucking Alice. But unfortunately, we go into the next song, which is Give the Radio Back. Oh, oh. Now, this one, to me, is just plain dumb. Uh, This is, uh, you you know, Cooper, he's been guilty a lot of chasing trends and stuff like that. Uh, but this one to me is just full-blown filler full-blown you know bad bad cock rock lazy lyrics from Alice Cooper which Alice Cooper is an amazing lyricist I mean he is one of those David Lee Roth Steven Tyler's I mean he can really turn a phrase he can really articulate himself and have a lyric that'll make you come back and think but to me this one is like this is like you know twisted sister would laugh at how bad the lyrics are to this one uh it's 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 really cheesy and kind of mailed in and it sucks because what a great build-up but have with freedom and lock me up uh this one kind of just like pulls the rug out not a fan of give the radio back probably i would say definitely at this point my least favorite track what do you think keith i am in total agreement
3: with you uh this i've never liked this track from the beginning to me it sounded like he was just trying too hard to be simple to make it a single uh just trying to make some kind of anthem but it was just a really lazy attempt to me uh the 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 only redeeming quality of it are the background vocals from kip winger and a solo that just kicks ass from kane roberts but besides that there's really nothing to it The only thing I really hear in it is he tried to do the same thing again on a couple albums later, which was Lost in America, the same kind of sound, which to me was a better song than this one. This one was just a throwaway track that, I think again, he tried to make it a single and with being on MCA Records, which if nobody knows, it stood for Musician Cemetery for artists or something like that.
0: (laughs) That was where you went to kill your career.
3: Uh, It's kind
0: kind of like in the 90s when, when bands went to CMC. They called it yep. Cheesy Metal Cemetery. <laughs> exactly.
3: That, that's where your, your record went to die. You know, they gave no promotion, which is why there's only one single. But I guarantee that his idea was this is going to be the big hit. And it was just, to me, it was, right now, again, probably the worst one on the record. Ralph, what do you think?
1: Oh, oh yeah. This one is generic and predictable. And it does sound like a Bad the Sister song. I, I never was a fan of this one. It sounds like something that would fit perfectly on Constrictor, though back to back with Thrill My Gorilla. But uh, <laughs> but I like Thrill My Gorilla. It's so stupid it's great. Where this one is so stupid it's not great. But no, nah, I'm not a fan of this one. Uh, Step On You <laughs> I love this one. Yeah yeah the lyrics are a tad dopey. Uh but this is fucking Alice Cooper. And I love that middle section. That shit's industrial sound. It's before industrial. And I say it's almost you know, it's fucking heavier than most that, that grinding sound in the middle is the best part of the song for me. Uh, then it goes into that crazy musical section. It's like really out of left field type shit. Step on you. It's filler, but it's killer. You know, I'm not going to even say it's one of my favorites on here, but I do love the song Step on You. What do you think, Ian? Uh,
0: well, I... Wow, that's kind of weird. I agree with you on this one. I, I called it filler, but it's definitely better than the last one. And this is one of those ones where I'm listening to the album and I, I you know, I, I'm i trying to go back to when I was fucking 13 and this album came out and remembering what I thought. And I was totally prepared to hate this song. But by the end of the song, I was like, I like this shit. <laughs> it's actually, it's, it's, it's a good song, especially for late 80s era Alice Cooper. Uh, it's got a good vibe. It's just a good metal song. I mean, it's it's different for Alice. You know, you can tell it's him trying to be something that's not totally true to Alice. But there's something about the song I really fucking dig. And uh, I was pleasantly surprised by this one. I enjoyed Step On You. What do you think, Keith? I love it. It's, it's not the best
3: track on the album, but it's Alice being a badass. He's got his don't fuck with me attitude on himself and that just that beginning of the song it sounds like a military march so you can just picture him in his special forces get up marching on the stage with this fucking whip and just you know spitting the verses on it until he gets into the the pre-chorus and the chorus this track is awesome I mean, there's nothing wrong with it whatsoever I I think everything on it is just you know perfect especially again given what it's following up it it makes gives the radio back sound even worse it's just like a shit sandwich (laughs) Between "Step on You" and "Lock Me Up,"
1: well, what, awesome. do you, what do you think of the next
3: one? Not that kind of love. Uh, this is where the roller coaster began. I mean, we go back down to me. My opinion is this is his his, his way of showing what he's going to get into. This is Cock Rock, Alice. This is what Trash was going to be. The lyrics, just the way it was done, just the sound of it, this, the, the, the title of the song. I mean. It just didn't do it for me. The only positive I can say on it is the pre-chorus where they do the I never, wanted, I never Wanted Love before. The panning on the headphones is pretty fucking cool. When it gets down to what I think is cool is panning on it, the song sucks. I'm sorry. What do you think, Ian?
0: Uh, <laughs> this is one I was totally surprised on. I dig this. I was totally waiting, to, you know, like revisiting this again. I was like, yeah, yeah, this song probably sucks. Uh, I like this one. <laughs> I, I i i don't know why i mean it's not like it's definitely not traditional alice by any means but uh for what he's doing on this album because th- there is an overlying theme this is the metal album and uh you know and and by metal there is definitely dips into cock rock and this is kind of a cock rock song but i dig it i i i really enjoyed this song and <laughs> On multiple listens, I was waiting for this one to come up. I, I dug it. What do you think, bro? Yeah, I, 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 don't
1: <coughs> like, I don't like this one. I, I don't think it's bad, but I don't think it's great either. You know, I do love the metal vibe it has, but the vocal structures is what, like, don't do much for me. And it's kind of like a throwaway track for me. Uh, it's better than give the radio back. I'll give it that. But uh, I'll flip it over. And... Uh, Prince of Darkness it's an awesome song but boy what a shitty movie that was uh, I remember going to the theater to see it where Alice Cooper gets impaled by a bicycle uh, but this song is more contained than some of those more erratic songs you just heard and it's more of a like get to the point with some kick ass 80's traditional metal uh, it's one of the standout tracks on this album and I love it I gotta tell you uh, spoiler: I think Side 2 is way better. And it starts off with a with a kick-ass tune, Prince of Darkness. What do you think, Kai?
3: To me, this is the epic track on the album. Um, I, I'm assuming that he wrote it for the movie and the movie decided not to use it because they didn't want to waste a great song on well, a shit it movie.
0: Is,
1: it is in the movie.
3: Is it?
0: Yeah.
3: That, that's how forgettable the movie is then. <laughs> God,
1: that movie was bad. I went to it the was. theater to see it and I was... Thoroughly
3: disappointed. But yeah, that, that song, I mean, Kane Roberts, I mean his playing on it, it sounds like he's gonna rip the whammy bar off. He's playing the whammy bar so much. He's like making Brad Gillis look really poor on his whammy bar. But he's got this sinister sound in the solo and the ending as he's going out. And I don't know if he'd ever play it now because of the whole Prince of Darkness theme, but the outro he sounds super sinister. Uh, I mean, his writing is in top form compared to just kind of mailing it in on some of the like, give the radio back, which again, is the least favorite for me. Prince of Darkness is a fucking standout track and starts off side two in the perfect way. What do you think, Ian?
0: All right. Well, I love this song. And unlike you guys, I love the movie. I love Prince of Darkness. I'm a big John Carpenter fan. And I think the movie has a great eerie vibe. I love the cameo from uh, Alice Cooper. And Alice Cooper is the one who stabs the guy with the bike. And that is something he would do on this tour. That was part of the show where he would stab a guy with a broken bike. Uh, I I think it works great. Uh, But to me, it does stick out a little bit too much because it is way more polished than the rest of the album. I think they spent a lot more time on this song than any of the others uh, but I, I, I dig it brings back great memories I remember seeing this movie in the theater I loved it I love the song I love seeing Alice Cooper I knew he was going to be in the movie you know from reading Hit Parader <laughs> and I was like oh this is going to be awesome and I remember the excitement you know when I saw him in the movie I was like oh this is awesome I, I love the song and it's a great track man It's, uh... but it does kind of stick out like a sore thought just because it seems that more attention was paid on this to other songs even though I think there are better songs on this album but I think more attention was paid to the production on this one Uh, but I go to the next one Time to Kill which was the B-side of Freedom and Time to Kill is one of those ones I didn't remember at all when I first started listening to this I was like I don't even remember the chorus I don't remember nothing but god damn, I really like this song. I think it's a kick-ass, like a hard, you know, rock, heavy metal, fucking Alice Cooper song. I dig "Time to Kill," and uh, to me, it, it's a classic album track. Uh, you know, it's it's one of those ones because there's definitely weaker songs on this album, and you always need those album songs that are the glue that holds it together. I think it's one of those. What do you think, Keith? I definitely think it's the glue. To me, this is the the prelude to his little
3: splatter film, serial killer concept that's going to kind of end the record. Uh, It's Time to Kill is just leading into the rest of the storyline that he wrote for the rest of this album, and it's going to be coming up. This is definitely a killer filler, if not just one of those standout tracks that isn't going to be played on the radio, isn't going to be played live, but you need it on the record to go from and transition from Prince of Darkness to the rest of this record. Uh, again, I mean, I don't know how many times I can say it, but Kip and Kane, their background vocals together were amazing on this track. So this, fucking rock, this song rocks to me. Uh, Ralph, what did you think of this?
1: Oh, I like this one a lot. I love the bridge on this tune. and uh, It does have elements of freedom. I hear some freedom in this one, but with more melodic parts. And uh, oh, it's great. It, it's great. Uh, there's not a bad song on side two. Uh, then we'll go into chop, chop, chop. Engine of destruction, a perfect killing machine. It's a symbiotic function. I keep the city so clean. That's so Alice, dude. I I keep the city so clean. Fuck this song, fucking old. I'll take this over that tool garbage. This is like Rambo, Commando, Cobra, and Terminator rolled into it one. It's a fun song. You know, I love that. Walk it in the neon. I love that shit. Love how the song ends with that spoken word and to the segue of the next song. And I love how he spells Gale, M A R Y. Love Chop, Chop, Chop. What do you think, Kai?
3: I'm right there with you. This song is just total Alice all the way. It's got his sinister sneer coming on. You know, he's not taking any shit. He is going to chop 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 somebody to fuck up on this track and i'm thinking that it's probably going to be mary otherwise known as gail which i'd never quite understood except for maybe i think what he's trying to do is throw it back to billion dollar babies with marianne and just make you think of that that's the only thing i can think of or kip winger didn't get the fucking note that said i want this track to be mary not gail because i think kip wrote most of the next track but yeah, this the song is awesome. The opening riff is fucking amazing from Kane. And oh, yeah. just that, the way he just delivers his lines, you feel it that he believes that he is out there and he's just going to rip somebody's head off. What are you think, Ian?
0: Uh, well, this is one of those, like, I kind of remember from when I initially listened to it, like, oh, my God. this, You know, this is fucking t- chop, chop, chop. Or like, really? Really? And then I listened to it, I was like, oh, fuck i like this song i'm like this is this is classic alice and my thing is with the ending you know because i even had to rewind it and look at the lyrics you know when i was doing notes for this i was like oh when he says oh i read the name on the bracelet said m-a-r-y gale you know and it kind of reminds me of you know what he did with dada which was an album where he You know, in in, in most people's interpretations, he's talking about a guy that has multiple personalities and, you know, multiple realities. And that's what I kind of got out of this. Like, he reads it, he knows what he's saying, but in his mind, he's focusing on this. It doesn't matter who he kills. Uh, Every time he kills, it's the same person. And that's what I get out of it, which is really cool. And uh, I definitely think it's a awesome, awesome track Uh, one I was already prepared to write off that totally won me over and it's a great entry into the last two songs which are fucking amazing
1: yeah unlike, unlike that other I don't know what album we reviewed that had that intro that should have been part of the other song, where this one has like a short little intro to the next song, but I it definitely deserves to be a song Take it, Ian. Oh. all right. Well, the next
0: song, "Gale." Holy shit! To me, this is the most classic Alice Cooper song uh, on this album. This reminds me of you know, you know, from his past, where he's going to, everything, just everything about this is Alice. And you know, I love you know the way the last song ends, where it doesn't make sense, but yet it's going into something where like oh, shit, something's happening here. Uh, A great, great fucking track and evokes all the eeriness and the horror that you love about Alice Cooper. It's a great, great, great uh, late-era Alice Cooper track. What do you think, Keith? This is definitely a throwback to his old sound.
3: He knows what he's doing with this one. He is just setting the tone in between Chop, Chop, Chop and the, the finale of the record it's creepy it's evil he wants that sound so he used a harpsichord you use that harpsichord you get that evil sound and sinister sound every time just ask king diamond he knows that too um it's a great fucking interlude type of track that it brings it nice and mellow brings you up when the band comes in it mellows out towards the end to kind of just smack you in the face with the finale this is perfection from alice cooper of how to just kind of balance an album out and just lead you on a story and a journey. This is fucking perfect to me. Uh Ralph, what did you think?
1: Yeah, this is totally classic Alice right here. Sick Things meets I love the dead, Demented fucked up lyrics. And I absolutely love when the solo comes in and that solo is so fucking epic on here. It's like dude there's like fucking feeling to that solo, you know? It really I don't know, it's like fucking Escalates this fucking killer song to even a cooler shit to very mellow and dark to this epic dark killer guitar solo. Something I, like, dude, it's like a fucking David Gilmour type thing, you know? It's that, it's that emotional to me. Uh, I absolutely love this song, dude, and uh, definitely. And then it goes into the best fucking song on here for me. Full-blown metal, bringing this fucking metal album to a fucking killer heavy metal ending. You know, it's just a shame Alice did not make more albums like this, you know? It's straight from the heart, so dead upon the bed, still searching for your head. Dude, that is so badass. It's dark, it's demented, and it's fun, and it's traditional metal, you know? Raise your fist and yell for metal, you know? Not fisting some fucking avant-garde fuckface to get a stink fist. You fucking, you fucking raise your fist and yell, bitch! Thank you. Roses on White Lace. Love it. And I love how, you know, the blood drops make you look like roses on White Lace. That's demented as fuck. That's King Diamond shit, man. Gotta love it. Thank you. What do you thinking?
0: Uh, well, fuck. Uh, kind of scary, but I agree with you there. This is my favorite track on the album. This
1: is weird.
0: I love... Maybe, maybe you do like metal. Yeah, yeah. More maybe. than you know. Um. Uh, Definitely my favorite track on the album. And I think it encompasses everything that he was trying to do with this album because it it's metal and it's Alice and like nothing about this seems forced. This just seems him doing a harder edged Alice. And it's a great, you know, way to end up, you know, to me the last three songs all have that tie in. And uh Oh my God, I love Love this fucking track. Um, And it's just a notch above Lock Me Up is my favorite one. (laughs) I know it seems kind of weird, but uh, Lock Me Up is probably my number two, but this is definitely my number one, and to me, a perfect way to end an Alice Cooper record. I love this track. What do you think, Keith, The Rock Rockford? This is
3: easily the grand finale of the album. I'm in agreement with both of you, this is the best track on the album, this is borderline Alice just doing some some thrash almost, Uh, killer fucking riff and opening from Kane, you know, it's just Alice at his twisted, evil, sinister villain perfection, you know, he's got the perfect type of ad-libs that he's got going on towards the end, the crimson and sweet stained on the sheet, pretty and red, dripping and wet, I mean, how much more do you want to go about this? This is. The, the epitome of a splatter flick, you know that he was so into at the time, and he's just showing you that you can make a fucking horror movie in a song right here, and make you just picture it. You can picture these blood drops on, on that are like roses on white lace. They just stick out, and you're so entrenched in them and you want to just fucking kill somebody else. This is classic Alice right here, and just if you listen closely on his bridge, he's whispering "Gale" over the musical parts, which is just even creepier. All he needs on this song is just to have the word Steven in there somewhere, and that will be fucking over the top. So yeah, this is this is my favorite track, and the perfect way to end an, an awesome album, in my in my opinion.
1: My my favorite tracks on here are the last three, you know, Chop Chop Chop, Gale, and Rose on White. It just ends with like the the most the, the best songs on here, man. fucking great album. Oh, I oh wish yeah. they would
3: play this song live.
1: Was it was it because you know Raise Your Fist didn't come down here?
3: No, they. I think they did it on that tour, but they haven't played it since then. I, I can just picture like Nita just shredding the shit out of this solo on this song.
1: Well,
0: I, I will get to that now when I sum up the album. Uh, this one was released September fifth, nineteen eighty-seven, produced by Michael Wagner, and uh, the songs played on this tour. Uh, I will. I will get to that. Uh, God damn it. Uh, the, it was called the Live in the Flesh Tour, and he played Freedom, Prince of Darkness, Chop, 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 Gale, and Roses on White Lace. Nice! So there was that little, like, you know, three-part, you know, of Chop, 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 Gale, and Roses on White Lace. And uh, there, there was some controversy on this tour when it went over to the other side of the pond. Because in England they had a great issue with this tour. It was very uh, a violent tour show. Um, you know, he kind of took what he did. You know, with the Welcome my Welcome Back to My Nightmare tour, the Constructor tour, and stuff. Uh, but he stepped it up a notch for this one, and it was very violent, very bloody, and uh, it was banned in Germany. In Germany, when he did it, they had to. Uh, Cooper had to cut out a little bit of what he did in the show Uh, but there was a great mixture of new Alice and old Alice because he brought back the guillotine which he hadn't done since 72 Uh, and, and this is pretty funny there was a man in England that was in parliament that tried to get the whole tour banned and this guy is blind he couldn't see any of this shit but he's like, he just heard what it was and he's like no, no, this can't happen here. But uh, he was overruled. The tour did happen in, in England, uh, but in Germany it was censored. Uh, and it's a damn shame that it didn't do better than what it did in, in America. It didn't do as good as a Constrictor. But at the same time, he was still a great live draw. But sales-wise and album-wise, it didn't do that good. And I think that's what really led, you know, to the next album, you know, Trash. Where he went total full-blown cock rock, you know, because it, I got to make some money too. But this is probably I would consider the most metal Alice Cooper album. I think you all would agree. Uh, this is the this is the first, you know, or not first, but the most full-blown metal album that he did. And unfortunately, the last album where Kane Roberts was a main contributor. Because I think Kane Roberts was a, was a really good part of this band. Uh, but he went in a different direction after this. I think Kane Roberts played on maybe one song on Trash. And that's it. But uh, this is a lost, forgotten metal album. And uh, I enjoyed this way much more than I thought I would. And uh, totally changed my opinion on it. So I want to thank you, Keith, for picking this out. But now we have to go to. Uh, pick of the Week. Well, Keith, before we you... go
1: into Pick of the Week, I, I want to say something else about that tour. Um, okay. There's a DVD. There's an Alice Cooper DVD. I can't remember the name of it. So that first documentary he, he, he let out. And uh, on the DVD, there's a little game you can play. And if you, if you win the game, you get to see clips. And it's clips of the Raise Your Fist and Yell tour, but kind of like... Um, a dress rehearsal whatever you know not a dress rehearsal at no. all yeah Made up. i have that yeah I it's, have that. There, there's no audience there but it shows him being hung i think no more mr nice guy the stage is just well the stage kind of looks like the freedom video and it looks was that so, the uh, prime cuts one that's yes, the one prime, prime, cuts. prime cuts that dvd uh you can see i guess they're easter eggs you got to play a game to see the clips and uh yeah i just wanted to throw that in yeah those And those clips are badass. And they hang them on it.
3: It's cool shit. Yeah, that would be an awesome DVD for them to release. I mean, I know you have the Nightmare Returns, which is kind of the prelude into this. But the full-on imagery and everything with this tour, with especially the the three tracks from the
0: album being live, that would be a killer DVD to release. Hell yeah. yeah. All right, well, let's go into Pick of the Week. And uh, Keith, the Rock Rockford, you are a special guest. So what's your Pick of the Week?
3: I'm going to go with an album from 92 that um, it was a gold selling record that sold on one song that people, I don't think, give this band the right opportunity to show them what they really had. And it's a band called Saigon Kick, and it's the album The Lizard.
1: Fuck uh, yeah, Body Bag, bro. Oh, fuck yeah, that's the best song on there. Fuck yeah, I love, love that Love Is obviously. On The Way
3: was the hit, that yeah, was their yeah. ballad, it made the record sell. It was one of those records I guarantee that when people bought it and they got Love Is On The Way and they got home and put it on, as soon as they heard the first track, Hostile Youth, they were bringing that record back to the store because it kicks you over the fucking head. I mean, Saigon Kick to me was a band that was ahead of their time. They had that metal, they had that alt rock, they had a little bit of the glam mixed in, and they had drop detuning right before grunge kind of hit that record labels just didn't know what to do with them, so they just lumped them in with all the other glam bands and hair bands that were out there. So Saigon Kick the Lizard is my pick. Body Bags is a standout track. And just to help sell more tickets and get more donations, uh, one of the guests at Rockin' Pod 3 is going to be Jason Beeler of Saigon Kick. So get your donations in, goddammit.
1: You know, they're a local band, and I saw them way back when they were called Toy Soldier. That's
3: right. They're from Florida.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I yeah, there were there were a local band, so I saw I saw Saigon Kick many times. I saw Toy Soldier once, which was which turned into Saigon Kick. Good, good pick. That's a great album, The Lizard. Uh, kind of ahead of its time too. Uh, yeah, it was right there on the cusp of it, but you know they, they kind of had the the dark imagery sound before, and I I guess it's because Love will find a way that they didn't get lumped into those bands, but believe me, that shit was, was definitely of the time, but it, it got overlooked. So, yeah, that's a yeah. great, great thing. Yeah, they were, gotta...
3: they were Jane's Addiction dark before Jane's Addiction did, So There you
1: go, yeah. You got a pick, Ian?
0: Yes, I do. And um, my pick, I'm going to keep it with Alice Cooper, and I'm going to pick it with uh, a, a pick that... Uh, I know Ralph, you're not going to agree with me and I don't know where Keith stands on this but an album that I absolutely fucking love.
1: Well, I got an Alice Cooper album too to uh, pick of the week so it's good that I don't agree with you because we won't be using the same album.
0: Well, there you go. Well, the one I'm picking is Easy Action. Oh, Uh, yeah. The the second Alice Cooper album. Uh, I really really love this one. It's a great mix of What Alice Cooper, the Alice Cooper group was to become, and where they came from, you know, there's a lot of psychedelia on the album, but uh, there's a lot of, to me, the the standard sound of the group, and it was produced by Elliot Roberts, uh, produced uh, a lot of Neil Young. I don't think he knew what to do with the band. This is when they were still on Frank Zappa's Bizarre label, but uh, I think it's a very rewarding, a very awesome album uh, has a lot of different shit to offer uh, songs like shoe salesman you know about a heroin addict I mean just amazing stuff and uh, to me the original Alice Cooper band is is heads and shoulders above anything he's ever done after that I mean it really took a nosedive for me I mean there's songs I love here and there but to me when I think of Alice Cooper I think of the the Alice Cooper band and to me, it's a great precursor to what they were become. And I, I, I think fans with open minds will really enjoy it. So, Alice Cooper, easy action. That is my pick of the week. What do you got, Ralph? Uh, I, you
1: know, I, I didn't hear what you said. I heard you say easy action. I ran outside, ran downstairs, saw a lady uh, with, with a little crib, went, punched the baby in the face, and ran back upstairs.
3: Is the baby dead? Who gives a is fuck? Is it a dead baby now? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Dead baby. Oh, I know I can't take thing, anything off the show. God, I can't stand the first two Alice Cooper albums.
3: I have tried to get into them, and I can't. Oh. There's some tracks on them I can listen to, but a lot of it I can't get into. It's just too weird for me. Too yeah, psychedelic.
1: And, and, it, and, and what makes it even funnier is I'm picking a real weird Alice Cooper album. It's uh, uh, my that's... pick of the week. From the blackout years. And you know what? I change. You know me, man. I'm a fickle asshole. I always change my mind, what's my favorite here or there. Forever my favorite of the blackout era was Dada. Boy, that changed today quick. Man, flush the fashion's a goddamn masterpiece. If you're oh, a fuck God.
0: Up. Oh god.
1: Yes. Flush the fashion clones. One of the greatest Alice Cooper's songs ever is Pain. Oh, my God. that song has to be the most underrated song by anybody. That song is fucking just I, I can't I can't express enough how much I love one of the greatest Alice Cooper songs period. Uh, wow. grim, grim facts, uh, dance yourself to death, Aspirin damage, uh, and of course, clones. I love clones, man. but it's a weird fucking album. It is a weird album, but it's not really a new wave album because you know it's kind of like uh. I Was Made For Loving You makes it a disco album or Clones makes this a new wave album. Uh, it, it rocks. It's a weird fucking album, though. I will say that. But
0: uh, I, I, will, I will say I, I love fucking Clones and I love Grim Facts, but other than that I think it's a fucking horrible album.
1: Well, but, uh, that's- it I doesn't... disagree
0: with you, Ian. Yeah.
3: Okay. I mean, that, that album's really strong.
0: Compared ah. to
3: compared to the first two, yeah, I think it's much stronger than that. Oh, but wow. A Pain is a stellar song. That song oh, just stands God, out. God,
1: that song rules. And it proves that, you know, uh, this uh, album does not, um, does not really disturb Ian that much because he didn't go punch a baby.
0: No, no, but I will say, uh, you know, that album makes Lace and Whiskey look like fucking uh, physical graffiti. It's, it's, oh, my God.
1: I agree 100% that you think that okay bye (laughs) Uh, but yeah that's my pick of the week I love it and I came in a little late to the party I remember hearing clones on the radio back then and I liked it I was like you know I'm not supposed to like this shit you know because it's you know you know I'm I'm all about Desperado and you know raped and freeze and you know my Alice is that not this but I still liked it, even when I heard it on the radio. But I didn't buy of Fashion* until like a year or two later, when I saw it for like you know in the used bin. I said, "Oh, I like *Clones*," so I bought it. And then when I heard *Pain*, I mean, right. And then I saw that uh, movie *Roadie*, yeah. and Alice plays *Pain* in the movie. Or he plays the song. I was like, "Yes!" Uh, I, I absolutely. I, I think that that song makes the whole album for me. But yeah, the other the other songs I mentioned. I I do love it. It's a weird album, but not as weird as Dada. I love Dada. I love Special Forces, you know, and Zipper the Skin. I love the Blackout Era, but this is, it ain't Dada, man. This is the best one out of them all. Thank you.
0: Alrighty, well, now it's time to go into Fan of the Week, and Fan of the Week is with us, Keith the Rock Rockford. Uh, Oh my God, man, You, you have stuck by us for so long, and and, uh, man, you've been a big part of my radio show. How, how did you find the Rock and Metal Combat podcast?
1: Almost uh, 56. Actually,
0: <laughs> I, I wish I could say that. I
3: wish uh, I
1: could it, say it, that. It, Here's but a rarity it, right here.
3: It's going to be because of rock and or roll.
1: Right no on, podcasts. DJ.
3: I, I was listening to his podcast because he did something with the uh, bass player from Saigon Kick and started listening to some of his back catalog ones, which is the whatever the no shame episodes and right. I heard you guys on it I'm like oh you guys are talking about a pretty cool podcast I thought you guys were awesome and hilarious checked it out and then just binged from there and then started getting on the page going on the, sh- the radio shows when I could uh, and yeah just been a fan ever since so it was because of Rocky and
0: Roll I moved to the Rock and Middle Combat wow yeah. that,
1: that that is
0: the first one ever that
1: we ever got from DJ Craig yeah yeah it's usually almost human
0: <laughs> yeah yeah, almost human or decibel geek or, you know, just because I know Ralph. Uh, but wow, okay. Oh, man, I, I got to give props to BJ for that one. Uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, that's But dude, I mean, you, you've you been a great supporter of the show, a great uh, supporter
1: of my hey, radio show. And a, and a great guest. I like how you oh. articulated it, bro. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, and Keith started up this thing. Uh, it was so awesome on my radio show where I would pick uh, an album of the week where fans would vote on it, you know like okay, what's now, I'll play it in its entirety but I'll split up the track so it's split up over an hour and Keith would always take care of that unfortunately, Keith switched switched jobs so he can't while well, it's on anymore but god damn it, I'll always be grateful for you for doing that and uh, man I appreciate it brother, I was so happy to talk to you last night finally and uh to have you on the show today man it's awesome it's been great to talk to
3: both of these guys I and mean, this has just been an outstanding time that i've had this is this is fucking amazing i loved it it was well, great i, uh,
1: I, I am the, the head honcho i'm the big cheese here there keith and we're gonna have you back on an episode that uh, you you haven't going nothing to do with
3: okay that sounds may, great may, I love it. maybe maybe they'll listen oh well, maybe there we go
1: We'll find something. We want. I'll, I'll want become you back. part of that
3: peppermint tribe. That's fine. I want you back.
1: <laughs> I don't care this text that, that Ian said, shut up. I don't want him back. I'm not listening to <laughs> Ian.
3: Fuck you. Who, who does.
1: Uh, I want you back. Fuck what Ian says. No. Thank
3: you, Michael Jackson. I appreciate
1: that. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> don't you hate when, when a girl like gives you a blowjob and you get a cramp? Those BJ cramps suck.
2: Oh, they do. But they
1: do. The, that show, Rockin' or Roll, that BJ cramp is a winner.
0: Yeah. I, I don't get so much the cramps, but sometimes I got a fart, and it's hard to hold it in.
3: Just have oh. her stick her thumb in there. You'll be good.
1: Uh. Oh, man. You need to find a, a right girl. Go down there and suck on it. Suck the uh, fart out. Hey,
0: speaking of your mama, how's she doing?
1: She's doing good. She told um, me today that my dad had a real stinky one like last night. Awesome. I was like, well, Mom, why do you have to tell me this? She said, Oh, I thought I was talking to him. My dad. <laughs> yeah. What
0: a what a whoa. what my, a whoa.
1: My mom told me you masturbate to her talking about sucking parts.
0: I do, I do, I do because you know. You're weird. Yeah. Well, you know, I have a niche. <laughs> But, Keith, thank you so much, brother. Yeah, and, thanks, bro. And, and thank you for your donation. And, and you know, you should be noted, you donated for last year's Expo, and it took a long time, but it was worth the wait. And thank you so much. Are you are you going to be at the Expo this year? I was thinking about it, but uh, family commitments prohibit me from
3: doing it. My son's birthday uh, is in August, and we've got uh, a well, birthday well, for him. Well, so.
0: well, well, just say it's your wife.
1: There we go. It's <laughs> your she won't listen to this
3: anyway, so that's fine. Exactly.
1: Keith, just say you're going out for a pack of cigarettes and never go back. There yeah. you go. Come hang with us.
0: That's what Ralph did when I was born. Yeah. Sure.
1: And
3: then you met him all these years later. It's such yeah. a
0: touching story.
3: Yeah, it exactly. is. It is great.
1: I had him set up the podcast and everything. And now he rides my coattails. My little son on my coattails.
0: Yeah, yeah. You owe me. No, I
1: gave you enough cocaine when you were here. Okay, son?
0: Oh, that's true. That's true. He left me with an addiction. And then and then he just left me. That's right. <laughs> well, thank you, brothers, so much, man. It's a great episode. So great to have you on, and we will definitely have you back on again. All right, well, if you love this heavy metal Alice Cooper episode and I know you did, come back next week when we talk about uh, another guest that's gonna be at the Rock and Pot for this year, Jimmy Page. That's right. Book yeah. your tickets now. Jimmy Page will be at the expo uh, in cosplay, so you won't know it's him, but he's still going to be there. So buy a ticket, you know, and you can say you hung out with Jimmy Page dressed like a Furby. Hmm. That's next week on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. M A R
2: Y Ian. Gail. Ian. <laughs> Rockin' Pod is back! The annual celebration of rock returns to Nashville. This convention brings together the best rock stars, music podcasters, vinyl and memorabilia vendors, and rock fans from all corners of the globe. Special guests include Michael Sweet of Striper, Brian Forsyth of Kicks, Jason Beeler of Saigon Kick, Erie Vaughn of Danzig, and members of Exodus. Roxy Blue, Every Mother's Nightmare, Kick Tracy, and more. Music podcasts from all over North America will be recording on-site all weekend. Special pre-party featuring the rock and roll residency, The Talisman, 8-Ball, and Lipstick Generation on Friday night. Rock and Pod Expo on Saturday. Join us at the Nashville Airport Marriott August 9th and 10th for Rock and Pod podcast registration and tickets and VIP packages available now at rockin'pod.com.